Good morning. Stay in the loop with Lucy here on a Sunday morning on Triple H 100.1 FM. And it is, of course, Father's Day. Welcome, welcome. Um, This is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people, people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their choices, their consequences, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can choose to apply the relevant aspect in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Now, this week's show on Stay in the Loop with Lucy celebrates the fathers in our lives. It explores what it takes to be a father, whether simply because you are a biologically related that means you love and care for someone in the way that we as children are hoping we look at what happens when we do not experience love from a parent in the way we think it should be now i have four guests today so this is a show in four parts fathers who do not know how to love to the depths that a child needs to be loved fathers for whom love is so natural that it just oozes from them we take a look at fathers as providers what are the pressures um, they have they have to, to, to contend with? Can they take time off? What are the opportunities to do so? And if their opportunities are there, do they actually take them? And what about fathers who are no longer living with their children? How do they make that work when the relationship with their with the partner has broken down? These are just some of the elements I'll be covering in the interviews. Now Bearing in mind the theme, bearing in mind it's Father's Day and it is an absolute uh, celebration of fathers in our lives, there is a possibility that it may trigger some good and some bad memories. So I always encourage listeners to remember that reaching out and remembering that the support available in the community is important um, and Lifeline obviously have skilled support at the end of a phone. So please don't... um, Please be aware of how you feel when you listen to this. You may be celebrating your father and it may all be good, but it also may bring up some some feelings of uh, sadness. Now, let's jump right in there. Let's kick off the show with my first guest, Alexis, who describes her, who described her father to me as amazing and her hero because he never asked her to be anyone other than who she was. Welcome, Alexis. Hi, good morning, Lucy. It is lovely to have you with me. I did a call out and you were right in there with how much your relationship with your father is completely, um, uh, it's, it's a stunning relationship. So can you tell me what your father was like with you as a little girl when you, when you were growing up? Yeah, consistent, consistent and loving in 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 his own way that comes to mind Lucy so um it might have just been things like kind of playing swing ball with me and my sister for hours in the garden or chucking a tennis ball you know with me my sister mum and the dog it might just have been those things but they're the kind of things that I I really remember kind of his his love coming from was the quality of the time that he spent with us. I was a kid, like I'm 50 now, so the kind of 
the balance between um, work and home, it just it just wasn't anything anyone spoke about back then for, for dads. Dads went to work. It's what they did. They came home at the end of a long day and a long week. So kind of quality time with the kids, it wasn't the length of time. It was the fact that it felt really quality when he was with me. Yeah. And did anything change when you went through your teenage years when perhaps you were, you know, becoming more independent? I don't know about more independent. I was becoming more obnoxious, Lucy, in my teenage years. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really was. I really did become really quite obnoxious. But dad stayed really, really consistent. I kind of don't remember him ever blowing up at my rudeness or my behavior. In fact, you know, a kind of really pivotal event in my life and my relationship with my dad was when I actually got sacked from nursing and it was <laughs> it was not good at all. But dad, he just didn't waver. He he, he his support for me stayed consistent. Um, and there was absolutely not an ounce of judgment, even though it was my behaviour that had led to my sacking. It was incredible. Interesting that you call that your pivotal moment. Has um, I, I so want to go and ask you if it's changed the way you parent your young person now? Even though we're talking about fathers, has it influenced you? It has influenced me. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm more judgmental than my dad was, and I recognize that in myself. And I also recognize how awful it feels for anybody but my son when I'm judgmental. It's it's a really horrible thing to feel, and it's something that I actually didn't feel from my parents. So it's it's interesting that I haven't I haven't taken that to the level that they did in my parenting. Mm. So Ooh. let's let's swing back to dad were you aware of the balance that he had that he had to juggle between work and home or as you say was it very much just what he did yeah I, I don't know that there was a balance or a juggle it, it it was definitely what dads just did they just worked all week really hard I mean I was aware of the pressures that he was under because you know quite often I'd he'd be at home and I'd I'd hear him kind of let out an audible sigh. And I can remember saying to him a few times, oh, what's up, Dad? And he'd say, oh, nothing, darling, you know, just something about work. I mean, I, I know that he kind of, um, he had a lot of people kind of to manage. And there was, I was aware that there was a lot of pressure at work, but he certainly didn't bring strong emotions home, not to the point that they influenced the family. And did your relationship with your dad influence your relationship with other men? No, I'd, I'd actually say my relationship with myself, which wasn't good at all, influenced my relationship with men. I didn't have great relationships with men when I started to date because my self-esteem basically was so um, low that I kind of dated men in order to make myself feel better. I was quite a needy um, young woman. So, so no, yeah, it was my need that seemed to kind of really uh, steer me into relationships in the beginning. Is he still alive? Yeah, absolutely. Very much so. Lives over in WA. 
If you could send him a message now, what would it be? It, it would be... It would be for him to really understand and appreciate how amazing he is and how many people he's affected in his life um, because I think he puts a lot of his value in what he does and not who he is. But he's an extraordinary man and I know a lot of people feel that way about my dad. It sounds to me like he's parenting more than just in his family that he offers that to others as well. That's a remarkable observation, Lucy. That's incredibly astute for you because of you. I, I don't know that I've actually considered that before, but I completely agree with what you've just said. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Alexis. I hope that he gets a chance to listen to this. Obviously, it'll be a podcast, so he will be able to. But if I was listening and I was your dad, I'd feel so touched by what you shared and how um, how you've taken ownership as well for what was yours and what was his. And um, I think that's just an incredible thing for us all to learn as adults is how much are we influenced by our parents and their parenting and yet also how much can we take responsibility for what we bring to our, our teenage years and our adult life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Alexis. Thank you. Have a great day. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. When we come back, we are going to hear from Shashila, who had um, different challenges growing up in the Indian culture. And we'll hear about what her relationship was like with her father. Welcome back. This morning's show, we are celebrating Father's Day with four very different viewpoints on the same topic. My second guest had a very different relationship with her father. As I said before the break, Shashila had to contend with the Indian culture and with growing up a female in that environment. Welcome, Shashila. You had a very different relationship with your father. Uh, what was he like when you were a little girl? Uh, I was born in India and at the age of five, he headed to England, so I didn't really remember him at all. Um, I remember when I was in England, it was... I don't really recall a great deal of my relationship with my father. I just remembered him working all the time, 12-hour shifts, either 12-hour um, shift morning or it, it was a night shift. So I could hardly... I would hardly see him. So... Um, and when I did see him on an occasional day off, he was never, he came across as though he was never in a good mood. Um, and yeah, there was always tension when I was a little girl and I could feel that. Were you the only girl in the family? No, I had uh, two older sisters and then at the age of six, so I've been... Um, in England, one year, my younger sister was born, so then she was the centre of attention and, I, I, you know, everything went around her. Mm. So I was number five out of the six kids were born. I've got two other brothers. I remembered one party I went to, Christmas party at work, and I was probably eight-ish maybe around that time, and I remember doing a lot of attention-seeking 
there was competitions, there were party tricks, and I was the one that would get up and be the first one there. And and now on reflection, I know why I did that, because I wanted my dad to pay attention to me. And he wouldn't. He didn't have the he didn't have the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you think uh, there was a difference um, in, a, in from a cultural point of view how he handled you know, how he was able to parent in terms of how he had perhaps been parented? Yeah, there is. I mean, he, this is quite unusual. He was the only child, and in India, you know. Back in the time that when he was growing up, you know, they'd have anything to a dozen children, knowing that a few would would pass away. And the culture was that your daughters would be married off and your sons would be the, especially the youngest one, would be the ones that would look after them in their, in their elderly age. Now, him being the only child, he relied solely on my grandfather. So whatever my grandfather was taught, he passed it on to my dad. So he had no one to uh, turn to or uh, get advice from. It was my grandfather and that was it. So he had expectations put on him in that you're the man of the family, you're the breadwinner of the family, your role is to actually... Um, support your entire family, come what may. So, yes, I believe that that was a huge impact on his own upbringing that impacted on his um, bringing up his own children. He wasn't hardly around. Especially with my oldest sister, she was born and it was at the age of three that she actually met him for the first time. She didn't know who he was because he'd gone to Africa to earn money because there was no work in... Um, there was other challenges in India that he had. Uh, he left India for a reason, to go to Africa. Wow. So one of my questions was going to be whether you're aware of the pressures he faced, but it sounds like you would have had no choice in your family but to be aware of the responsibility, and I put that in my you know parentheses, my bunny ears, um, you would have had no question about the pressures that he faced to provide for you all, six children and a, and a wife. Yeah, I mean, at one point, he, he, he knew there was no future in India. He spoke no word of English. And he, um, when, the, when England opened its doors, he applied to go to England. And he came to England and worked for two years on his own, knowing that he had a wife and five children in India um, on their own whilst he earned uh, his money, enough money to go and um, come back and fetch the rest of the family over. Okay. And he nearly left one of the daughters behind, the eldest, because he felt that the immigration department would turn him away. And it was... Um, is actually a blessing how some people come into your life for a reason. And this particular person in the immigration department said to my father, it says you have five children, but you are only taking four of your children. And he said, you either take all or you take no one. And um, at that time, my eldest sister was a teenager, 14 um, she is, and he bought all the family in the end, and that was really lovely that the, the family didn't break up in that respect and leaving anyone behind. 
gosh, so, whole whole different whole different uh, consideration when you think of those choices and the and the potential on consequences of those choices. Was yeah. he a very tactile father? No, my father didn't really know what what love was, what hugs were, what kisses were. Didn't know any of those things. He was. You know, his message to me was don't show love because love is a sign of weakness. In his 70s, started, I started to show him what hugs were and there was always that hesitancy because I didn't know how he would receive it. Um, and I would go and hug them when I would leave and um, give them a kiss and slowly, slowly, slowly I'd say the words, I love you. And... Um, I haven't really heard them say it, but I can feel that they do love me, you know. Mm. It's a word that they're not familiar with, and and even in his old age, he still has that difficulty in showing his affection because he knows no different. So it was challenging, yes. How have you dealt with um, that, you know, as you were growing up wanting to have, or did you want to have a more loving and expressive expressive relationship with your dad? Would you have wanted that, do you think? Yes, I would love to have had that. And how did, you know, how did that then affect the, the relationships you went into? Well, the first partner I had um, was 14 years older than me, and... Um, you know, when I reflect back, I felt that he was my replacement uh, father. And not because of the age, but what he gave to me in affection and, um, you know, showing the love instead of doing the love. Mm. You know, in, in my my father's perspective, what I saw was his way of showing love was by doing things by providing but it's not that that's not the thing that um, I yearned for I yearned for him to actually show that he loved me you know even when I was in hospital at the age of 10 they came to visit me and I could feel the tension when they came to visit because parking was an issue at this hospital as as it is in many other hospitals and um I was in pain from a surgery I had done and he didn't know how to put his arms around me and reassure me. And it's like they just stood at the end of the bed <laughs> watching me um, in, in discomfort, you know. So he didn't know. He didn't know. And that's part of it, isn't it? Bringing understand- I, I, I sort of sit there and go, that's bananas. And yet... When we bring understanding to it, if he wasn't parented in that way, he would have had, he would have been ill-equipped emotionally and physically to know how to support you when you were feeling so vulnerable. Absolutely. And particularly as a female. I mean, he probably could understand the male side a little bit better, but, you know, a a female, he would have had been looking at you through different eyes as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it, it was quite a... Um, traumatic time for them, you know, upheaving five kids and a, a, a woman and speaking no word of English. He had no English education and took us all to England to provide us a better future. 
And then from doing that, he just had to continue providing for a long time. Mm. And um, so he's known, known different. Um, work is all he's ever known in his entire life. I mean, apart from the fact that he's retired at the moment. You say that you've taught him how to hug. How do you communicate with them now if they're in a different country? We FaceTime, um, thank goodness for, you know, things like Skype and FaceTime. Before, we used to phone each other. Yeah. And, um, some, you know, there are times that you can actually feel through their words that they love you, but they can't use those words, you know? Yeah. And now I see them on... Um, FaceTime and I can see their faces and they can see me as well, which is just absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm not in I'm not in his good books at the moment, so he's avoiding talking to me at the moment. But that's okay. He's obviously going through something. But normally, on a normal day when he's not a bit cross with you, how would he respond when you say you love him? Um, I don't tend to say it in the conversation. I'd probably end the conversation. Yeah. And he, he he doesn't respond back. He doesn't say, I love you back. He doesn't say that. And it's okay. I, I can feel it. But it's like, it doesn't associate. But maybe because he's such a traditional Indian man and um, he'll, he'll use just the same, um, um, a Jesse Krishna or something like that, which is, uh, um, it's, he, he'll use the word of God in that and that was it it's just a blessing that he would use but he's never ever said back I love you to me to this day Shashila, I can feel this is a longer conversation and I, I can see that, I mean, there is, I know there's so much that we haven't touched on, like the career you went into and all of those things. I want to say thank you to, for sharing um, the relationship that you, you've had because I'm sure there are other people who have those relationships and I believe that fathers can learn from from relationships that don't go according to plan and they're not completely fantastic and chocolate boxy. So, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And anytime. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. Today's show, we're focusing on fathers and their roles in our lives, how they shape the relationships we have with other men and um, what pressures they face trying to live up to those images. In this section, we're going to talk to Johan Bavman, who works as a photographer and is currently in Australia showing his work, Swedish Dads, which is an exhibition that's at Barangaroo Towers from the 5th of September to the 29th. And he's also doing some talks with local businesses about um, and parents at work about, about being a dad who actually took time off to look after his, uh, his two little boys. Welcome, Johan. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, I've given a snapshot of why you're in Australia, but um, do, do you want to just give us a, a, a brief overview of the exhibition? Sure. It's contained with um, 25 pictures um, and one picture per dad and quotes from each dad, what the benefit of being at home. So it's dads that has been at home for at least six months. And it's in situation there where you, you usually see women in, uh, sad to say, it's um, the home, the unpaid work at home most of the time. So it's picture of dad um, in relationship to the children, and, but also 
working uh, as and the, with the task of being at home, which is not only about childcare, it's about the unpaid work as well. I love that. And I actually, I have looked at your photographs and they made me smile so much. Uh, they really capture the chaos of parenting young children but equally the absolute pleasure joy and completely normal the normalness if that's even a word of of um where you have to do certain things like feeding um in bizarre situations and exercising with a baby strapped to your chest <laughs> yeah that's true that's the that's the real life in a way often you see picture uh, with the dads on the public area, you know, in kindergarten or whatever. Uh, but the real, I mean, my situation wasn't that because I didn't have the time to go out in a way because often you see those dads which is just being at home for one hour after coming home from work. Mm. And I didn't want to portray those dads. Yeah. I wanted to portray the one who's being at home. Now tell me, what was your relationship relationship like with your father when you were a little boy? Um, he he was um, a role model in a way because he was at home with me and my sister and brother, um, and um, I, I learned a lot from him. Uh, I considered it was easier for me to be at home as he was home with me. It's so rare to to hear of a father being at home, but I love the fact that you have gone on to take photographs to show other men that that this is an option, that it's not just, you know, the woman who stays at home and the man who goes to work and that actually bringing a little bit more equity into it could benefit both both parties, both genders. And how do you feel that, that that has affected you as a father now? Uh, well, except like the disturbed eating habits and uh, a big photo album with me and my sons, I got a closer tie to my sons uh, and bound that I believe is priceless in the future to come um, to understand them better and, and them to understand me as well. But also in relationship to my partner, my wife, we have a better understanding for each other and uh, she can rely on me as well, and I can rely on her, which it's, makes it easier in our daily life as well. For me being here and for her going away as well. So it's a real partnership as opposed to everyone having roles. Yes, you have roles, but there are there are it's a partnership, and what's needed in the moment, it's it's who is going to bring themselves to that particular moment. Sure, I mean. Having children is something that I wanted as well, and comes a lot of um, things with it. I mean, you can't just say having kids and then just leave it. It's something that you have to work for uh, for your entire life, I would say. Not only the parental leave, but also the rest of the life. Yes. Now, parental leave is slightly different in Sweden, isn't it? Can you share with us a little bit about what what you get offered there? Um, sure. Uh, we have uh, 480 days in total uh, paid leave, uh, which you should, and then 90 of these days are bound to the partner, 
which has to be taken out, otherwise it's burned in. And we have a equality bonus uh, uh, for the more day that are taken to share, the higher the bonus is. Does that mean that more people take it up? No, in a way it doesn't. So they have been thinking of leaving that behind. Yep. Um, because it doesn't work that way. They understood it. Uh, so now they figure out other stuff to do more relevant to the father as well to be at home. Well, but I consider it it's not a, about the money at all. I mean, it's complex why the situation is like it is uh, because it's um, a lot of situations that makes it not so equal uh, in terms of parental leave. Mm. I was reading that um, some of the reasons why men don't take it up is because they feel it will affect their career and that it uh, means that they uh, feel like they will look, they will come across as not quite as dedicated to their career. Yeah, I mean, but that's the same for the women. I mean, isn't it? Yeah, so it's it's a strange um, argument, I would say. It is, but it's funny because what it said to me was, I don't think um, the men who say that realise that they have an inbuilt belief that's kind of just normal in them, that the woman would just naturally accept that and, and that's, just, that's just their lot. And it's quite true. We do have to give birth to the babies. That biologically is, is um, the gift that we, that we can be given. Um, but it is interesting how... Um, along with that gift is the assumption that you actually don't take your career very seriously and and it comes out in comments like like those from men who I'm sure would consider themselves as fairly advanced and definitely not not consciously sexist mm-hmm. but still I mean there's a, a situation where women consider them better than men in mm. taking care of the children so it's from both ways, in a way. Very true. Very true. And there is an assumption that the women know better, isn't there? Yeah, and I mean, the society way as well, that fathers are not allowed to be at home. I mean, they consider it's a, the ball that is given for you. It's easier to go on with, I mean, as a breadwinner or a one who's taking care of. The, I mean, uh, those are the heroes that change those roles, mm. in a way. Because it's much easier for me to go back to work as a breadwinner, Yes, of course, because the society says that way. Yeah, very good point. Do you find that um, a lot of men that you've spoken to or you yourself feel there is a a pressure and a burden to be that breadwinner? Um, Yeah, uh, it is. Um, Even though Sweden has come a long way, we still have a long way to come, uh, to go, to call ourselves an equal country. and I mean, call yourself an equal country, then it shouldn't be any discussion about uh, being at home. It should be much easier. I mean, this the way how we should see masculinity as well, change the way how we see it. I agree, and I think I think one of the best ways that you've chosen to do it is through photography. So you're using statements of what we're looking at and what we're seeing without I mean a picture is a thousand words as we know but there's really something that you have captured in what you've photographed that shows 
the deeply caring and nurturing and very capable side of men as parents. Yeah, yeah I think it's an, <clears throat> that's the way we have to change it, the way how we see men, to make it more... I mean, this is something that uh, you don't learn by... Uh, like when getting born I mean this is something you learn by trial and error in a way I mean it takes time Uh, not until my second parental leave I understood how to be that dad in a way now I'm more certain of myself Uh, since I've been home for 10 months each with two dads uh, two two children yep it takes time it does it does, doesn't it? Because we're actually, as we're not given a book on how to, to bring up children. And even if we are, each of our children is so individual. And it's about a connection as opposed to the doing. It's about that connecting. That's what the two guests before you shared is they had both had fathers who were very good at the doing, but they didn't value the connection that you can have uh, through that love, um, you know, all the way through their, their childhood. I mean, I've been thinking about it quite much because I have two sons and there are problems that will be occurring during the way and when they're becoming a teenager that I want them to come to me to ask for help or advice or whatever. Mm. And I want to be that dad that they can rely on and be comfortable with. There's a definite role modeling, isn't there? Um, that, as you say, for them to be comfortable doing that in their teenage years, they need to see a practice of um, trust and and no judgment, but equally firm boundaries all the way through their growing up. Mm. It's not something you can just turn on in that crisis moment. No, and it takes time. I mean, as I said before, I mean, you need to work with this for your entire life, I would say. Yeah. What were you like as a teenager, Johan? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Uh, I was kind of open, I would say. But still, I would go to my mom if there was some problem. I love how you said, okay, that's interesting. What is it it about what my mom reflected to me that I now would like to take into my relationship with my children and, and be that person. Because I would say, I'd say it's quite similar in, in my house. Um, there are some things my husband is beautiful with with the children um, and there are other things that they'll come to me on. Those heart-to-heart things are probably, uh, mm. yeah, it's interesting distribution of, of support. Mm, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't be a parent I mean that's the good part being about being too. Yes. That you can do different stuff. Sure. Thank you very much for having this conversation with me and taking time out of your what I know is a busy schedule this week. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to have a longer conversation. But if people want to come and see your exhibition, it's Bar- Barangaroo Towers, isn't it? Yeah, it's right. Lovely, and that's from September the fifth to the twenty ninth. Thank you very much, Johan. Look forward to catching up with you another okay. time. Bye. We have had three conversations about parenting and fathering in three different ways. And I have to say, for me, they're all very different. And there's one, the one common theme is the real desire to have that connection 
and to make it about more than just doing. And I say just doing. We do need to do because we do need to to commit to life and, and make sure that we have finances and everything else. But it definitely is about more than that. Welcome back. Now, today we're talking all about Father's Day. We have had three different perspectives, and this last one is yet another. Simon shares with us his experience of being a very young dad and how that relationship has changed over the years. What are the responsibilities of being a father, and how is the relationship with our own children affected by the relationship we have with our own father, even through a separation? Yes, I am a father. I've got two boys um, now um, pretty much grown up. Um, So I suppose what I could say is that my approach to Father's Day is um, it's a reminder to me about about my relationship with those boys, but also mm, a feeling of a fathering, a quality that I've got inside me and that... um, that really comes out in a lot of different ways with a lot of different people. But, um, you know, um, one of the most powerful experiences for me, and I'm sure all parents would agree with, with this is, is that, that moment where your child comes into the world and that just enormous outpouring of love that you feel. And it's an amazing, really, um, reminder to, to yourself or was to me, that 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 outpouring of love comes from inside inside yourself um uh so you become a father all of a sudden um but yeah just it's you feel that you feel that that's coming from deep within you and you also feel it deep within your child Mm. and so it's a very connecting thing you know you um obviously you know the whole whole thing about imprinting um or or uh, what's the what's the word we use? Bonding with with children. You know, I think fathers do that just as much as mothers. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, it was very unifying because you felt it really coming from out, pouring out of you, and at the same time, just uh, that that little child is an amazing bundle of love. Um, Were you a stay-at-home dad, Simon? Um, no, I wasn't. I worked. Um, I was, a, a well, at the time, a registered nurse, so was working as a nurse at Prince Alfred in Sydney. Um, so, yeah, um, no to that. And how did you juggle that? Well, my wife um, and some help from my parents as well because for some time we lived uh, in an extension of my parents' house, um, fortunate three three acres in the in kind of in the country suburb of Sydney, but just beautiful to have our own our own place, but also have. I know my wife really um, loved being able to go up and share um, some of the duties with parents while I was at work. I did shift work, so often when I was at home, I would um, I would need to uh, sleep as well. So. Uh, but we just had a, a very supportive environment for that. Um, but. Um, I always felt a little bit of a guilt of not really sharing the, the parenting responsibilities as much as as I could because of the shift work and quite a lot of travelling as well to and from work. Were you ever offered parental leave at that time? No, no, I wasn't. And do you think if you had been, it would have been something that you'd like to have taken up? 
Um, you know, I would say no, not really. I was right into my job. I, I yes, I had this this feeling that I would have liked to support my wife more, especially in the early days. There were, um, as so many parents, as so many young mums, because we were very, very young. I started, like, my first child was at the age of 22, wow. and she was even young. She was even younger. So we were really winging it. But, you know, we had some of the problems with breastfeeding and all that kind of thing, and um, it, was, it was a situation where, uh, yes, I felt I would like to support her more. I knew she was supported by my parents, but at the same time, I was very, very much into my job. I was very much into that as a career path, um, learning about um, all sorts of aspects. And, and yeah, no, I was really, I was really into the job and saw that as my role as well, um, bringing the money in. I suppose if if that was on the plate, parental leave, and the money was still coming in, there might have been um, a feeling of that. But you know, at the time, it, I suppose looking back, maybe. But but yeah, at the time, it just wasn't wasn't something I even entertained. And um, what was your father like with you? Um, so my father was um, a great provider. He was um, always there, present in the house. Um, I could say that he was not so emotionally available, which was very common. He was a great doer. He built our house. Um, he, he was a, a pretty good in, with community as well. Um, and uh, he was a lifesaver. So we had this little holiday um, place and, and we'd go down there and he'd do lifesaving and he'd do lots of stuff. But as far as um, our connection as father and son, I would say that that love that I was talking about was a little bit buried. It wasn't really a super available and wasn't really there prominently in the relationship. And that did have an effect on me. I kind of created um, kind of sorts of resentments and, and, and grudges and, and a little bit of bitterness about, about my relationship with my father as, as I grew up. And um, the, 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 I'd say the relationship was a little bit just um, one-dimensional. It was just um, physical. It was just there as a presence, but not really uh, as a support or, 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 or as that loving kind of parental figure. And do you think that that influenced how you were as a father when it came round for you? Yes, I definitely do. No doubt about it. At such a young age, I mean... As I say, I really connected with that, that outpouring of love and, and really felt that that was when I was really at my best as a father, that when I didn't hold myself as being responsible for providing or needing to be a certain way, um, uh, take on any um, values as a, as a parent, and I just stayed true to that love and, and shared that and felt very equal with, the, with my, with my um, son at that time, it just worked super well. And it was just a lovely, playful, young, uh, fresh relationship. So in some ways, uh, it, it didn't shape me at all, because I was my own person. And very much uh, being the youngest of four in my family, I had a quite a different relationship than some of my older siblings with my dad. Um, I was a little bit more rebellious, a little bit more do my own thing. But, yeah, in that sense of being rebellious, um, there were some very unloving things that I was involved with. And I definitely do feel 
if that loving, truly loving support was there with my father um, in a very open and expansive and honest and and uh, supportive way, then uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of behaviours that I was I was coming up with as a young man would not have been there. That's that's such a good point, Simon. Because um, you know, loving a baby is actually easy because they're gooey and they're cute, and um, apart from the pressure when they don't stop crying, that that's that actually is is a very tough time. Um, on the whole, they you know are loved for pooing and peeing. Let's be honest. Um, they love for everything. <laughs> that's right. And then you get to teenage years, and the rebellion comes, and the independence. How did you face your teenage years with your boys, knowing how you'd been in your teenage years? Um, well, you know, um, I took on roles as a father just like my father did. I tried to be a provider. I tried to be a good husband. I tried to do <clears throat> do things in the right way. Um, and uh, quite a lot of the times you didn't feel that was appreciated. You felt that everyone was in the house was having their issues. The mum was having her issues. And um, the kids, of course, growing up with lots of pressures, um, even in those days, which was, you know, quite a, a few decades ago now, um, they had their pressures. And essentially you all felt like, in, in a sense, you were there doing it by yourself. But at the same time... Um, that that connection, that bond with both of those children, very, very different, very, very different ways of handling the pressures as they were growing up. Um, but but that, that love and that, that connection really did come through a lot. And, you know, one of my chief things was always settling back into that sense of, you know, they're not actually uh, necessarily just... Um, something that I can mould or shape as as my children. They are they are in themselves people in their own right and they have their own expression. And it's very important for me as a father <clears throat> to um to not impose on that as much as I can. And, you know, even to the point where I read a book called Magical Child when I was um before before we had children, my wife and I were into a I suppose you could call it a philosophy, where we did think that parenting was was really an act of not parenting, of just not getting in the way of of just allowing them to to thrive and grow up. So, you know, I can say that even though there was turmoil in our household, which is the normal kind of turmoil which uh, all households and families go through, you know, my children today, if I look at them, they're just amazing kids. And it was because even just if that power of love came through just 10% in that whole thing, it did come through and you know what what they what they now have have grown into being is is quite amazing today and 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 my relationship with them today is fantastic what's the difference in your relationship now because we have it doesn't matter how old we get our relationship with our father is still our relationship with our father mm. um, and sometimes that has patterns of behavior that can be dysfunctional and sometimes incredibly amazing mm. can you describe yours yeah, I'd say amazing. I've I've cast off. <clears throat> I've I've really been um, really been. I suppose I could say um, maturing through my life. And even though now I am older, um, I I feel that that maturation has meant I have been letting go of a lot of the resentment and bitterness and feelings of not being met by my father. And I feel like that has been able to blossom in the relationship and with my with my sons and. You know, they 
they really respect my opinion because I'm not uh, in there kind of um, throwing opinions at them. And I had I had um, dinner, for example, with my older son just two nights ago, and um, it's a funny thing you can. With your children, and I'm sure a lot of parents will understand this, you can read and feel where they are even when you're not with them, even when you're not talking to them or, or communicating via email. You can feel, you can kind of pick up how they are at the time. And, and you know, before we actually met at the restaurant, I was feeling where he was and you'd like to kind of bring in all of this, oh, I want to support, I want to do this, I want to do that if they're not feeling well or, you know, if they're really feeling great, oh, you know, I want to um, celebrate with that with them and whatnot. But just to let all that go and just to be be open and meet them and and not to impose anything, that's kind of the way that I went to the to dinner. And it was great because <clears throat> that first connection was a lovely big hug. And for me, that was really powerful uh, just to feel that hug and that, that freshness of that love coming through again. So maybe that's special, maybe it's not, but um, to me it felt very special at the time. If you could guide and advise other dads about who perhaps haven't even considered the possibility that parenting isn't about imposing on your child or bringing them up or moulding them or maybe their relationship isn't what it could be what what could you share with them about what your experience is and and maybe some words of wisdom it's a very simple thing to me i like i've 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 um since since that powerful experience of just becoming a parent and in many other ways in my relationship with my wife and and how that's expanded and opened up and become super loving um uh, as it is now, I've actually always felt that 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 simplicity is just about really honouring myself and and loving myself and and uh, not not and appreciating myself. And the best time I'm a parent is when I'm actually appreciating myself as as a human being. And maybe even beyond being a dad, or maybe even beyond being a man, it's just appreciating myself as a human being um, first and foremost. But if I'm not if I'm not connecting to that love inside me and I'm not appreciating myself that way, then I actually really find that it's difficult to cast off those roles and cast off the ideal of how to be a good parent. They kind of impose on me and then um, I kind of become this 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 vessel for, for then imposing on others about that. And like I was saying, it's to me, it's it's needed to expand beyond just my sons. It's been an experience of being a parent, expressing that love in in a very open and, and honest way. With more than that, so I'm, a, I'm now a teacher, and with my students, um, it's not a kind of a, a very expressed um, love, but it's there. It's just a holding. And it's great to feel how younger people, teenage and, and young 20s and 30s people respond to that, both men and women. It's almost like um, I can be a parent for more than just my family and it needed to expand into that, like take that, ta- take that fatherly energy out into the whole of, com- of the community. And then it's so much easier to be a father to your actual um, children. You actually are not with the mother of the children, and yet when you speak about her, you speak about her with the same care and love that you perhaps had when you were together. Now, mm. my parents separated. 
I know that it, that they've had to work really hard to be um, uh, to be loving with each other at times, and particularly not to dump that on us as children. You know, um, mm. clearly you you navigated that well. But again, I suspect there will be a lot of parents who are either in blended families or who are who are trying to figure out how to keep that relationship with their children when they're not at home with them. Do you have any guidance that you can offer them? I received I, I, I received a lot of help and I looked for a lot of help because I did feel a lot of resentment in myself um, for not being acknowledged, as I was saying before, for the role that I was providing as, as, a, as a man, um, as a provider. And so there was a process of going, you know, this, this is in me, this resentment and this um, bitterness is in me. And I need to actually get help with that. So, you know, I got various forms of help. Um, and some of it was just as simple as reaching out to friends or reaching out to um, to other, even other associates in, in, in my business who I felt safe with, who, who I felt trusting. And I talked and expressed. And I think that that's something that men have a lot of difficulty with, um, expressing and uh, I don't think it's really, in, in a sense, their fault because it's it's expected that men just kind of suck it up and man it up and don't express and they just get on with, with life um, and they hold stuff in. And I think that a lot of the acrimony that that remains in, in long-term um, divorces or, or separations or, or old relationships which haven't gone forward is because of that problem of holding that bitterness inside and not just being able to be honest and go, you know what, I do feel this way and I do need to express and I do need to just acknowledge what's going on inside me and then I can start to let go of that. And through that letting go process, Funnily enough, you start to drop those ideas and those images about those other people in your life who didn't live up to your expectations. And then, um, yeah, there's these moments where they might contact you or you contact them or uh, even just your picture of them just totally changes and you start to remember them as they truly are. Um, because, you know, if, if we feel that outpouring of love when we first, that our child, children first come into the world, we also feel it that every, every human being is equally able to be, um, to be connected to that. So, you know, uh, um, we got together with that person initially for a reason, and that was because we felt that love and that connection. And, um, that's something that is still there in them just as equally as it is in us. So, but it is a matter for, for men, especially, I think, to, to express and to seek help and, to, and, you know, this is a big message that's now coming out in society that uh, we need to not just hold back and, and, and man up and keep that hardness in our bodies like an armor just to protect ourselves and, and not, not, and not let ourselves be tender and not let ourselves be sensitive because that's really the key. When, once you start to let go of, of the stuff that you don't want to hold on to, the, the anger or the bitterness, you start to feel that love again in, deeper inside. And that's where, for me, it becomes super powerful. And that's when you can start to take it beyond your immediate family as well. Wow. Thank you, Simon. What what insights we've had this morning. I feel incredibly blessed. I I feel like I have had um, a number of counselling sessions, you know, just literally listening to other people and and what they're sharing. I think it's a a learning for all of us. We've, you know, fathers have such an enormous influence and they're such stunning young men who've grown into 
adults and parents and and chosen to become parents or perhaps not chosen to become parents. Perhaps it's just something that has happened to them. But the influence they have is massive. And today we should really celebrate what's on offer and and clearly there's deep love and appreciation for many of the fathers here and a deep understanding that some of the fathers were not actually able to parent in the way that 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 we would have wanted them to do sometimes what you get in what you get out is what you put in and it takes two people to do that so a lot of the adults that I've spoken today have been the change that they want to see in their lives and in the next generation. We have to be realistic though because sometimes father-son, father-daughter relationships break down and the the wounds run really deep. They can contain childhood hurts on both sides and they can seem really difficult to understand. I hope this show has offered an insight for those relationships to see what an opportunity and a responsibility we all have and can still have. So let's come back to choosing to be the change that we want to see in the world. Remember, regardless of what has or is happening to you in your life, you are and always will be you. You're that amazing baby that was born. The key is to reconnect to that space and that connection and learn to build a relationship with your body so you can recognize when your body's trying to tell you something's not quite right. Listen to that tension and get support with the appropriate support service. That may be mental and it may be physical help. The opportunity to look for support within the community is there as well. Now, the podcast for today's show will be available through the Stay in the Loop with Lucy website later on today and on SoundCloud. Now, if you want to get updates, then please remember to like the at Stay in the Loop with Lucy Facebook page and uh, I'll put all links to the shows up on that space. In next week's show, we're actually going to delve a little deeper into this issue of paid parental leave and ask why people don't take it up and whether there is a conversation about sexism to be had here that's kind of been bubbling under the surface that maybe we could delve a little deeper into it'll be a um, i won't be here next week it'll be a show that i'm going to record during the week so till next week's show remember to look after you uh, connect with the amazing people in our community be kind be caring be loved be all of you You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM.